0: This week on the podcast, we take a minor detour. We said last week that we were going to play Sweet Coden, but in fact, we're going to play one of the most critically acclaimed, or one of the games from the franchise that's most critically acclaimed from the PS3, Xbox 360 era. It's uh, Mass Effect this week. Steve that was a detour of a introduction
1: <laughs> I stayed with you through the whole detour you know this is a, a week of detours
0: and hello Sam how are you hello, back again hello. I we am, have not I'm great we've not
2: driven you off driven you off yet no I'm still here
0: sweet thank you guys for joining me this week as we talk about the game Mass Effect the Bioware release uh, published by Electronic Arts in 2007 which was the same year that brought us BioShock, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Portal, Team Fortress 2, Halo 3, Super Mario Galaxy, God of War 2, Uncharted, and Assassin's Creed. What a lineup for 2007.
1: 2007 was a good year. That was my that was my freshman year of college and I remember playing a lot of like like fun games like around like tiny dorm room TVs. Uh, Mass Effect included, Call of Duty as well. Uh, I think like Assassin's Creed came out that year too. Did you just say that one? Um, was that around then?
0: Yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed came out that year.
1: Yeah, so some some franchises started that year.
0: Yeah, it was weird because like um, I think the Xbox One or Xbox 360 had a year uh, lead time on the PS3, um, so that came out in Xbox 360 came out in 2005, PS3 came out in 2006. And then 2006, 2007 is when they started really hitting their stride with the games from that era. So there's always, like, a year where there are, like, no games that come out for the new systems for some reason. Happens every generation.
2: Like, uh, exactly where we are today.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it happened with PS4. It happened with the PS2. It's, like every there's for the first year it's always like a dearth of new content but yeah this game came out in 2007 i didn't realize it was only on the xbox 360 originally
1: yeah i knew that at the time but i totally forgot about it and i was doing some homework for the game tonight and and i forgot that like yeah it was pretty much an exclusive like on 360 eventually it was ported around but yeah that was yeah. a big deal It came out um,
0: on PC a year later. Um, I should mention also that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow us on Twitter at It's So Bad Pod. Email is itsobadpod at gmail.com. And yes, we are adding this game to our endless list of video games. This has, we have 133 games on our list. Uh, 134th entry on the list. And yes, this is Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, we we talked about it coming out on the Xbox 360. That's largely because Kotor was a Xbox game, and this these people made Kotor: uh, Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Yeah, and Kotor was like a huge success right away. Like immediately, kind of like breathed new life into Star Wars gaming and like RPG and choice based combat, and like it gave you a totally different slice of of Star Wars too. It's the Old Republic. So, it was like not really something you had seen at all before in any of the movies and wasn't really explored in some of the the expanded universe and so like it was a hit. And so like when this game was announced shortly after that, it was like you could tell they were like, "Oh, we nailed Kotor and this whole like choice-based RPG system and we're going to go and we're going to make our own sci-fi universe now. We're going to make something different that is kind of built on the bones of that, but like totally new and unique."
0: Yeah, I mean, they, did you, uh, Sam, did you ever play KOTOR?
2: Uh, oh, I played KOTOR a lot, and this game feels like definitely a spiritual successor to it in some ways.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I don't think they wanted to pay the licensing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. They, so, they got around that, that by making sense. their own own universe. Um, but yeah, this was. Uh, I, I always found it weird when I. In thinking about BioWare, did you guys know that BioWare is based in Edmonton? Edmonton?
1: I did know that because I remember reading about that whole dynamic. I think they have another studio somewhere else too, like in Texas or something. Um, Yeah, Austin. Austin, yeah. But there was like a whole weird uh, back and forth between them over Anthem, the the legendary game Anthem. And Mm -hmm. I guess Edmonton was like pulling all the strings and there was a lot of conflict between the two studios during that time.
0: Yeah, Edmonton's supposed like where they originally were founded. Austin was like, I think they're right now still, I don't even, uh, is Old Republic still a thing? It is, right? They're still making content for that.
1: Yeah, it's still it's still up.
0: Yeah, so the MMO. I think Aust- Austin. Yeah, so Austin works on that, and then like Edmonton does everything else right now. Um, but yeah, so Bioware they also made besides KOTOR, uh, the Baldur's Gates games, also Neverwinter Nights, and uh, have you guys ever heard of Jade Empire?
2: Uh, I have, but I've never played it. It was like one of those games that I knew was a Bioware game that I just never got to for whatever reason. <laughs>
1: Yeah, same yeah. same story here.
2: Yeah,
0: it's because it doesn't have a fancy license, <laughs> and you guys were like, "Oh, what is this?" And plus, like, I feel like Mass Effect had a huge marketing push behind it when it came out. Um, it was one of those games where I wasn't playing AAA games in like 2007. I was playing a lot of like virtual console Wii games and like in like what indie games were back then. Um, so this game was. Uh, breathe new life into me as a gamer if you will um besides and that and like when steam came out which came around out around this time um half-life 2 and uh portal and team fortress 2 were all big games for me around this time period
1: yeah i remember being incredibly hyped for this game because obviously i would played kotor loved kotor um i probably played kotor like a handful of times by this point like through the end of high school and I was so hyped up and like obviously like i'm a big you know star wars nerd and sci-fi fan so like the promise of this game delivering its own universe and like they really hyped up like the choice like you know the name is mass effect like you're going to be able to like affect the world around you There was all these like trailers and teasers and stuff that like played up that aspect of it in addition to like the combat and the world building and everything so it seemed really cool because a lot of video games at the time like maybe you'd get like one opportunity to make a decision or something like that, or affect some different outcome of the game. But it wasn't like the way it is now with like huge open world, like, you know, really well written fleshed out like RPG type games, like the Witcher and such, where it's like you, you have like endless options at at your disposal. Like it was, it was a big deal that they were doing this at the time. Mm KOTOR had done that a little bit too, but they were trying to take it to that next level with Mass Effect. You could tell. So I was all in on this when it came out in 20, in 2007.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, in a lot of the games that they did before, as far as like Neverwinter Nights in Baldur's Gate, have they have some of that, but the story is so dense in those games and the gameplay is like, I guess it's pretty similar, it's less action oriented, but it's, you know, like straight up D&D rules. And uh, Mass Effect right. really just does a good job combining like action gameplay with changing the world.
0: Yeah, and so it's squad-based third-person shooter with powers. Um, so it's—I uh, haven't played *Knights of the Old Republic*. On a side note, I think I'm ready to play it. I want to play it before the remake comes out. Which You've never you played it? No, what? I've never, never played oh *Knights of the Old Republic*. God. I just
2: assumed it was on the list, ranked <laughs> fairly high somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should definitely play it. I didn't also realize in, in doing the research for this that Obsidian did the uh, *Knights of the Old Republic* too. Um, not. BioWare which I thought was funny
1: Oh, I knew it was a different group but I didn't realize it was Obsidian Interesting
0: Yeah so they handle not only the Knights of the Republic 2 But also Fallout uh, New Vegas They're always taking those established IPs And um, you know Engines and making their own cool thing out of it Which is pretty cool um, but yeah, so this game squad based third person shooter, you have two other people who are with you to, uh, AI compatriots who help you. You can order them around powers are like kind of like force powers, right? So we or, or like, they like charged up your gun because you have a gun. It's a shooter
2: um yeah there's like
1: there's like different classes so you can either be like a like a soldier class where you're just like mostly a weapons expert or there's the biotics who have like the force abilities like they can they have telekinesis basically and then there's engineers who can do like explosions and all sorts of hacking and stuff like that so that's kind of like the the balance of it when you're in the combat situations
0: i didn't realize that there were uh six different classes i only thought there were like In my mind, there's only like three, but there's Adept, Soldier, Vanguard, Sentinel, Infiltrator, and Engineer. Um, And yeah, so they all have different things. You can do heals with some of them. You can do a force push. You can do, there's a lot of different uh, powers, which in the end, playing this game, you don't really have to use the powers that often aside from maybe healing. Um, but yeah, it's it still adds a l- nice little uh, wrinkle in the, the gameplay and the combat so that it, it doesn't get as stale as it could.
1: Yeah, it gives you a little bit of that turn-based strategy element, too, because you can, like, kind of pause in the middle of of a fight and, like, select, like, one of your guys to do one attack on one group of enemies and then, like, another guy will heal your group or, like you know overload some things that cause some explosions and like it, it's not the most seamless system in the world but it does allow you to do that and then like you can you know activate some ability that you have too for your guy from like a, a radial menu that comes up so it's, it's cool how they built that kind of turn-based system into a regular third-person shooter basically
0: yeah it's definitely an evolution on that system which is interesting i've always liked the power that where you can push them up in the air and they just kind of float there for a second and then you just fucking wail oh them. yeah
1: that's, that's the up. best like <laughs> yep yeah it's <laughs> it's
2: really nice how you can just like combine the powers from the different people in this game too and like the turn-based stuff lets you actually do that
0: yeah um one thing that this game has that kind of i think would it probably popularize the notion in like triple games is the skill tree um there wasn't a lot of skill trees before this game i mean they existed um, but they weren't in, like, big blockbuster games. And, and even RPG elements, you see it now even in, like, Assassin's Creed games. Um, I think this game for, like, the AAA space definitely popularized the, the Skrill tree. Unless I'm forgetting a, a game. I don't think I am.
1: I mean, I guess in KOTOR you had different abilities. And, like, this this game definitely came out of that style. So, like, a lot of what they did in Mass Effect they started with in KOTOR. Maybe they did it in other other games, too. But, yeah, I think you're right. Like, in terms of thinking about it for, like, a game that's positioned for like xbox like console like western audiences it was like a western developer and they had like an action element to it wasn't it was just like a regular rpg like they were definitely popularizing a lot of those those elements that would go on into like every other massive triple a open world rpg type game after it too like yeah, they were just they it was a little under the radar when it came out but like it had a huge impact online
0: yeah um they also have there's like cover mechanics in this game, which is crazy. It's a shooter, but it's also an RPG. It's just very, it's very interesting gameplay design. Uh, they, t- they combined a lot of things, and they did it kind of seamlessly, which is great. Yeah, the,
1: I, more, oh, no, go ahead, Sam.
2: Uh, I was just saying, I, I think the combat's really fun once you get used to it. In this game, I do think it is, for whatever reason, like, ridiculously difficult in the beginning until you get um, some more equipment for whatever reason. Like, it was really difficult for me to get used to it.
1: Huh. I didn't, I yeah, didn't it's, have definitely, that. it's definitely it's definitely okay. not the most polished combat system, and it feel you feel the age of it now. Like they definitely improve it as you get into like Mass Effect two and three. It feels more like a modern you know third person RPG type shooter uh yeah. but it, yeah in this early one it came like it does take a while you got to get some good weapons I was going to say the the levitate ability we were talking about before where like the guy just floats up in the air eventually you get like weapons that can like disintegrate people or like with like acid or fire or something so you just see like these like puffs of like color go into the air when they float away like that which I always thought was pretty cool <laughs> um but yeah it's like it's it's not a great system but it's not awful the combat like it yeah. it's it's serviceable
0: the um we mentioned briefly the renegade and paragon system where your choices you make affect your um, standing in the game. Uh, has anybody ever have you guys done renegade runs? I feel like I whenever I get in there, I'm like I'm gonna do a renegade run, and then I like look at the options and I'm like I don't want to sound like an asshole. Yeah,
1: that yeah, always happens. It's <laughs> not
2: that fun being renegade. I did paragon. Um, I feel like that's actually an area where they did worse than Kotor. Like they kind of downgraded it um mm-hmm. there's just people want to be evil but they don't want to be an asshole i think is generally how it goes and
1: yeah it's it's like good cop bad cop as opposed to like jedi or sith like yeah. i'm I'm down to commit to being a sith but like yeah you don't want to be the asshole you're right
0: yeah you just don't want to like there's just the words that come out of shepherd your main character's mouth when you're a renegade is just like i don't want to say those things <laughs> and then when, like it, i feel like in the um Nice of the old Republic, and again, I haven't played these games. They like made a lot more subtle, which is makes it work a little bit better.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Sith go back, you know, however many thousands and thousands of years, and they're kind of like gone. There's only two, whatever, but like there's tons of assholes around, and no one really likes them. (laughs)
0: Um, So yeah, so this game, you play as Commander Shepard. You can be a male or a female Shepard, and um, you can change up how you look even did you guys play as fem shep or male ship or man this time
1: i, pl- I played as man i've actually never played as fem shep. uh i thought about doing it this time but i just kind of like default selected the standard uh male ship guy when i played this like originally though i'd always create like my own character but he was a he was a guy fem-ship all the way baby
0: yeah, fem does not look as doofy as male ship.
1: Oh my god, uh, <laughs> everybody looks a little doofy, especially now with these remasters. It's, yeah, <laughs> character yeah, models but, have something to be desired.
0: The the man sh- the the dude shep, especially his face when he's like looking around, it's like ugh. sometimes I felt like the female shep was a little bit better. But
1: yeah, one of these days I'll play the fem because I've heard everyone always raves about. it. She's like almost become like the main like person that people refer to as when they talk about this game in the past. I feel like
0: yeah. The, um, so Mass Effect, what is it about? The year is 2183. It's approximately, um, I would be approximately how old? 200 years old. I would be 200 years old and interstellar travel is possible. Interstellar travel is possible through the use of mass transit devices called mass relays, um, which were planted throughout the universe, um, by the protheans. Um, and this is a setup and you are, and I guess earth Um, only recently discovered mass travel, mass effect travel or mass relay travel, um, within the last like 40 to 60 years of this game.
1: Yeah. That's always one of the hilarious time inconsistencies I find. It's like, it's like, you know, somewhat near future, but still 200 years in the future, all this advanced space travel, but like humanity has somehow done all this stuff and like entered the galactic civilization in like a 40 year time span or whatever it is, 60 year. Like that's, that's not very much time for this all that well. happened.
0: It's especially not a lot of time when you consider the other members of the Citadel Council, which are the ruling body of the universe, uh, had been on the council for like thousands of years, and then humans just come along for 40 years and are like, hey, we're going to come and throw our weight around. That doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the Protheans are like this ancient, extinct race that had left all this technology behind that basically the galaxy grows up around, and there's this whole galactic, you know, federation or whatever you call it, council of, of races. So you have like the Turians, who are like kind of warlike, and then you have the Asari, which are very like kind of like telepathic, like female race. And then you have the Solarians, who are who are like this amphibious, kind of intelligent, technical race of like spies and engineers and stuff. And those are like the three main races. But then there's all these other races of aliens, and there's this whole like galactic community that humanity is basically the newcomer to, and uh, and they're trying to they're trying to prove themselves. They're trying to prove themselves to the aliens.
0: Yeah, and in this game, aside from the Asari, Solarians, and Turians, you also have the Krogan and the Quarians, as well as the uh, the Geth. Those are mem- not members of the Citadel Council, but they exist out there, and they each have an interesting story to tell. Because this game is all about lore, the deep lore.
1: Yeah, you get a, so- you get a member of each, like, basically each faction or race on your ship eventually, and you get, like, they become a representative of their of their alien race and like you go through this whole like set of side quests with them and you get to understand all the deep lore and the history and like the political tensions that are in play. And like, it's a, it's a very rich, deep world.
0: Yeah. And Sam, go
2: on. uh, No, why don't you go ahead? (laughs) You go ahead. (laughs) Well, just speaking of how deep the world is, I wanted to bring up like uh, the choices that you make in this game impact mass effect two and three in pretty significant ways, um which I are think, they are
0: they significant
2: yeah i mean like you have a certain character or you don't oh uh, yeah you yeah know? that's like, true. that's pretty stuff like that
0: significant yeah so the members of your squad are Kaiden, ashley uh garris who is a turian uh you've got rex who's a krogan a aquarian named tali zora tali there's liara T'Soni. And um, yeah those are the people that are in your, your group. I forgot that the science guy wasn't in Mass Effect 1. Who's that guy?
1: Oh, Morton? He's yeah. in he's in Mass Effect 2, yeah. That guy. He was my favorite. Oh, uh, Morton's OP. Yeah. Um, he's not really like in your party the same way, but you also have Joker, the pilot, voiced by Seth Green, who's like a yeah. constant presence in this game. Love. Joker. I don't
0: understand why he voiced Joker, but more power to you. He, just, that he just, hes
1: always getting that voice work in, you know. <laughs>
0: uh, and then Keith David voiced uh, C- uh, Captain Anderson. Uh, oh yeah, that's Anderson, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is he? Keith David, you might know from They Live an Iron Eagle, but he has a very. Sultry voice, very well-voiced, that character. Um, But yeah, so the setup is that Shepard and Kaiden go to a human colony on Eden Prime to recover an unearthed Prothean beacon. Um, What they discover is that there is a um, person by the name of Sarian, who's a Turian specter, who has activated the beacon, and um, you end up finding having a vision of death and war and destruction, a coming race coming to kill everybody and um, yeah that's the setup for the game
1: Yeah, it's you, you come to find that uh, Saren the rogue specter is, is trying to usher in this like g- galactic genocide by this race of Uh, ancient sentient machines called the reapers who are coming back and there's like a, a whole basically struggle for the universe that's in play but it's like very much a conspiracy right now and people don't even believe the reapers really exist like so you're trying to you're trying to unravel this conspiracy that that connects to this like massacre on this human colony. And then you get sucked into like the whole international politics of it all because you become like the human specter, the first human specter. So this is like humanity's chance to to prove themselves on the galactic stage. And then that's like that's the setup for the whole game basically right there.
0: Right. Um, one of the things you can put in your skill tree is uh, charm and intimidate. And I didn't do this the first time I played it, but I like maxed those out way early. And I feel like this game was much easier when I did that first. Did you guys have oh, you yeah. guys done that before? Oh, yeah.
1: You yeah, got to get your I... charm skills up.
2: I do charm in pretty much every game when I have the option to do it. I'm gonna do it.
0: Yeah, it's something where when I was a, a young one, I would never do it. I'd be like, I want to be stronger. I don't want to be more charming. And now it's like the first thing I do whenever I play any of these types of games, which is funny.
1: There was a moment in this replay where I was not playing this game as like closely and as like you know detail oriented as I had done it in the past. So I was kind of like auto leveling up and like not really worrying about it. But I got to one point where. I had to defeat I had to decide the fate of a character and I didn't have enough charm points to oh no. to save was them.
0: This Re- was this Rex? This
1: was Rex, yeah. And I Ugh. was like, Oh no, oh no, what have <laughs> I done? What have I done? But luckily I was able to uh, reload, and I did a save scum. But I I went, and I noticed I had enough points, and I put him in the charm, and I was able to save him. And I was like, oh, thank God. Don't want to lose Rex.
0: I forgot that choice existed in this game, because he was a mainstay for me in my original playthroughs. I was just like, oh, Rex is always there. I always, uh, in this particular game, uh, Rex was always with me, and Garrus was always with me, unless there was like, when you go to certain levels or areas, they like force a guy on you. But my main group was Rex and Garrus, for the most part.
1: Yeah, Garrus Garrus was usually in my party in the early place. I tried to mix it up this time. I always trying to pick different people every time I went out, but yeah, Garrus. Garrus is always good. And Rex is like a fucking tank. So like <laughs> you always want him there with you. Um but yeah, that's like and like what Sam you like you were saying before, like that decision of whether I was going to have enough uh charm points to save him or not. Like that affects the rest of the games cuz he is in those other games too. And like He's got he's like a
0: big part too because there's the whole They, which is entirely fucked up. The Krogan people were, uh, what do they call them sterilized? So they can't have kids. So yeah. because because there was an uprising and they were slaves, they had an uprising, and then the what is it? The Aquarians? No, not the Aquarians. The, oh, the these... Solarians. Solarians. They, they Genophage.
1: Yes. Yeah, they unleashed a Genophage on them because they were basically created this race of like super warrior aliens to fight off this other race of like bug aliens, and then the Krogans were the super warriors. And they got like too out of control, and so they like wiped out their their population basically and made them unable to breed except for like one in a hundred would survive. It's like this is the like, this is the type of deep lore you get in Mass Effect. Like there's like a lot of stuff about like like racism and like genocide and like Yeah. You there's know, a lot power. of racism yeah, you can
2: <laughs> just participate in it.
0: Yeah, you can also do that. Yep. Um so when my choice between Kaiden and Ashley happened, it was a very easy decision for me on who to save for between those two. Oh, you
1: didn't save the the space racist?
0: <laughs> no, Ashley the uh, can go uh, get get out of here. Die. You can,
1: you can not get saved on the Normandy when we escape from the exploding planet. Right. I, I saved I'm a, Ashley.
2: I'm not uh, a racist.
0: Oh, uh, uh, terrible.
1: I did save um, Ashley the first time, because you can also romance people to, in, in this game, too, and I was trying to get them to hook up when I was, like, you know, 20 years old or whatever, or freshman year. It's like, ooh, Ka- what's going Kaiden on here?
0: Is, Kaiden is very boring. He's, like, the most boring of any yeah, of the Yeah, He's characters. just, like, the
1: voice of reason all the time. He's like, guys, we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs>
0: So you always forget he's there. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, so you play out, you, you go to different uh, planets. there are, and you follow this you follow the main story. There are side missions. I will say the side missions in this game feel very cookie cutter and not very thought out thought out. Is it because well, most, they most use, of them.
2: is it because they use the same map for every side mission?
1: Yes. <laughs> and literally the same animation of your uh, like space tank crashing down to the planet each time.
0: Yeah, there was like one where. I forget what happened but they were involved some pirates and there was like an admiral that you had to he was getting blackmailed and you had to go like try to save him and he was dead in the middle and i was like oh that was that was a cool story but the gameplay was the fucking same the entire time so
1: yeah the side missions are not the strongest part of this you like yeah they, and, 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 they,
0: they, they send you to earth and then they don't send you to Earth, they send you to the moon. Yeah,
1: you're just on it's the like, moon. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? And they built up the Mako. The Mako is that, like, tank that you get that you land on the planets each time. They built that up as to be, like, this, like, oh, man, you're going to be able to go anywhere and, like, go to any planet and land on that planet <laughs> and explore every nook and cranny. And then, like, you can only go for, like, really a handful of planets in each, like, part of the galaxy. It's, like, usually one planet you can land on. And then it'll be, like, yeah, exactly the same, the same three or four types of missions where it's just, like, drive to a spot... Read some stuff, maybe shoot somebody, then leave. That's it.
2: Yep. Yep. The missions that you just run into on the planets, uh, like the bigger planets, are generally pretty fun, though. Like, uh, I remember there's one with a reporter that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Like, just the random people you meet in populated areas are nice, but when they're sending you to, like, I don't know, the equivalent of a flyover country of a planet, it's not that fun.
0: (laughs) It's also the map is a big square that you get to drive around on, and it's. You know, just different colors, essentially, every yeah. time.
1: The Ma- the Mako doesn't handle that well either, too. It's a little hard to drive sometimes as you're going yeah. on that rough terrain.
0: Can be annoying. Um, anything else of note we want to talk about in the gameplay or the story?
1: I will say, I mean, we've basically said good things about the story, but like it... W- I, I kind of critical path at this time and like the story really moves there are a couple parts where it drags a little bit and you're like oh, I gotta go do a part over here that I don't really care about but like for the most part it moves pretty quickly it was a fairly quick replay and like there's some awesome set pieces in this too like that like it kind of you know it gives you the option to like choose how you want to play different scenarios and like that's gonna change the composition of your team or like how things progress going forward. So like you feel that as you go through the game, which is, which is very fun. Um, Oh, even all these years later,
0: we talked about them all, pretty much all the major choices. We didn't talk about the council. Did you save the council or did you let them die?
1: I saved the council. I let them die. Oh, you let them die. Wow.
0: See, I, the way they phrased it, I was like, there was urgency behind going to the Citadel because, uh, there was more important things to do there um so i just chose going to the citadel to save everybody and then the council died so i didn't feel bad about it because the way i read it i was like oh well if i don't go to the citadel immediately then more people will get harmed than the stupid council who it's on my back all the time goddamn council
1: bureaucrats what can you do what can you do yeah, I feel like the very first time I played this game, I may have not let them live, and I would, like because if you don't let them live, it like sets you up for Mass Effect Two, where like humanity or like the kind of the top dog in the galactic sphere, um, yeah. But I, I saved them this time.
0: Yeah. So um, besides this, the the game and the story, one thing that I I was I shared with you guys this morning was that there was a minor right wing moral panic over this game. Um, the, a blogger wrote that Mass, in Mass Effect, you can customize. Mass Effect can be customized to sodomize whatever, whomever, and however the game player wishes. With its over-the-net qu- capa- capabilities, virtual orgasmic rape is just a push of a button away. <laughs>
1: That's, yes. uh, that's a that's an interesting read on like <laughs> some pretty PG sex scenes uh, between aliens and this in this race where it's like, oh, yeah, you could have two ladies or two guys romance each other like that's OK. Like that it's the future, whatever. It's fine. There's a
0: great and infuriating interview on, fo- on Fox News with none other than Jeff Keighley and some, like, right-wing pundit about this game. And Jeff Keighley's like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Why are you talking about this game? And he asks at one point the right-wing pundit about the sex scenes. He says, um, have you played this game? And they, like, laugh at him. And it's just like he's – it's side boob and, like, half a butt. There's, like, nothing in this game. It's hilarious. <laughs>
1: pretty tame yeah
0: i mean this was around the same time as like hot coffee the grand theft auto 3 or uh san andreas mod uh where you could like have sex and people were really mad about that as well
1: different times you know we were innocent (laughs) innocent conservative right-wing fox news hosts were very offended back then not like Now
0: now if i go on steam and i look up hentai games there's like you can get whatever you want
2: (laughs) that is like somehow i believe most of what is on sale on the nintendo switch at any given time
0: hentai games yeah weird
1: even even compared to like another triple a rpg like uh the witcher 3 witcher 3 is like pretty pretty graphic compared to what you like you see stuff in witcher 3 in witcher 3 compared to this it's like this is this is like yeah it's like pg it's like there's some making out there's some hot and heavy sounds and then it's like fade to black and that's it
0: right i don't even yeah it's it's weird um so let's get into our ranking conversation um this game had an 89 on metacritic when it came out uh so it's pretty critically acclaimed um very critically acclaimed um for me uh combat is great characters are memorable story is pretty great um it's a great setup for a trilogy uh one thing that i didn't like about this game like I don't think I noticed this the first time I played through it, but now I have more of a critical eye on these games. The spaces that they made in this game make no fucking sense. None of the spaces make (laughs) any sense. Like
1: the level design and like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. (laughs)
0: Like nobody can live in them. Like there's a time when when you go to like this like uh, ice planet and there's like a director's office on one end. There's like a big open space that nothing happens in the game in. There's a bathroom that you can't go into. There's like a bar that that is upstairs and really poorly designed. I'm like, doesn't the way this flows doesn't make any sense. Um, even like when you get into combat, th- there's just like areas where they're like, okay, we're going to think about the gameplay first, not actually think about what this actually looks like or would, would feel like as a place. So that, I thought that was w- real weird.
1: Yeah, there were definitely times when I was playing where I was like, this feels like wasted space like what is this area i'm in right now <laughs> especially because like some of the areas you have to kind of like you can get lost in if you're not really paying right. attention the and citadel you end up mm-hmm. especially yep like the citadel and i think the citadel is actually like not awful like the first time i played this game i spent a lot of time exploring every little nook and cranny of that spot and it connects and you can go find some cool stuff like bars and like shops and stuff and like you run into like some optional side quests as you go around so that's cool but then like yeah you go to like that snow planet and there's like a huge like administrative like waiting room basically that you have (laughs) to run back and forth through like 10 times it's like what is this here for what am i doing
0: yeah um and beyond that like side missions for me were were Kind of a waste of time. I think the first time I actually played this, I now will play games and play most of the side missions. But back in the day, I would never really play side missions. But now it's like the all the Yakuza games. I try to do every side mission. Like The Witcher, when I played that Witcher three, I tried to do every side mission. Like even like Breath of the Wild, I tried to do every like little thing that I could in that game. Um But yeah, so I played a lot of side missions. And again, they were just not for me. They were seem cookie cutter and boring. So
2: yeah i don't think you're missing out by not doing the side missions but that's like a very minor knock against it in my yeah. opinion.
0: i will also say too like i f- i flew through this game like i wanted to pick it up again after i put it down this is a game that i was like and i've played this game before and i like love it just love it to death so um where does it go on our endless list of games Um, I don't know, is there an area where you guys wanted to start? I haven't really thought about this.
2: Yeah, so I've been looking through the list and I think there's um, I guess I'll just start pretty high. Um, Like Alien Isolation and Far Cry 3 are 31 and 32. And I think this is like better or as good as those.
1: Hmm. I agree. Interesting. I was actually looking a little lower on the list, which I find interesting because... I'm very high on this game, but when I when I preemptively compare it to, like, 2 and 3, like, how those games are, like, those are better games in the series. In yeah. In my opinion. For sure. Um, but I think,
0: like, 2, well, I don't know about 3, because I haven't played 3. I've only played 1 and 2. Hmm. Um, but 2 is, I think it's a better game. I think 2 is, like, a top tier game on this list. Oh, yeah.
1: For sure. For sure. So. This I think a lot of my hesitation on this one going too, too high, just, like, for one, like, logistically, like, those other games are probably going to be higher on the list. But you're right, two will probably be much higher than wherever this game lands. Um, But, like, it did feel dated, going back to it. Like, there were good foundations for everything of it, but, like, it almost, lore and world building and all of that aside, like, even the decisions you make was a little bit, like, good cop, bad cop. Like, oh, okay, like, yeah, you would end up without a character later in the game if you didn't do something. But a lot of the moral choices, it was, like, obvious good thing or obvious bad thing. And, yeah. and, like, the character models were a little weird, the combat's a little whatever, the spaces, like we said, like, the level design is not great. So it it, it feels, you feel its age. So that that was something I was trying to keep in the back of my mind as I was playing it. Like, I how mean, good is this game compared to, like, uh, Titanfall 2 or, like, uh, you know, let's see what else we have here. So Bioshock, Arkham Asylum, BioShock like
2: is the highest rated game from 2007, and that's 16 And I think that uh, I'm kind of a Bioshock hater, but like I think Bioshock feels dated and has some of the kind of same issues Mm. as Mass Effect.
1: For sure. I
0: feel like I feel like it feels less dated. I um, I think that the level design is a lot better in Bioshock. I think you could probably toss a coin on the um, on the like story, which one's better. Uh, It kind of gets Bioshock at the end kind of gets laughable when you're fighting the fucking golden guy as the final boss that's kind of oh yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah but um no but like in that in that neighborhood though like so alien isolation far cry 3 is what we were saying i guess looking at some of the games that i like like below it a lot too like papers please or arkham asylum like this is is definitely better than arkham asylum Um, wait
0: wait for it wait for it Are, are you gonna talk about um the game at number
1: 24? The game at number 24? No, I'm not even going to talk about that right now because <laughs> I don't think it's as good as that game. Uh, <laughs> I think Dishonored is a better game. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I am on board with like the 3132 neighborhood.
0: Damn, man. You're so far behind us at 3132. I mean, I could see this going like, I don't think that this game is better than Dishonored or the game that... Some people hate on this podcast. The Last of Us. <laughs> I don't
1: think this is better uh, than The Last of Us, though.
0: Yeah, I think like Dishonored has really good story. Like, even probably better than this in terms of the lore and all the shit they put in that game. I think that the spaces are really well designed, and I think the gameplay overall is a lot tighter um, in that game. Agreed. So, and Last of Us has a great story. Um, I think it's it's.
1: What Last of Us tries to do, they execute so well. Like, if you're talking about yeah, exe- execution, yeah, 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 Mass yeah, Effect, yeah. Mass Effect stumbles in its execution a little bit. So, yeah, and it's just an older game, but yeah, I don't I know. Think, how, how,
0: yeah, I also think like Alien: Isolation does exactly what it does so well, like to a T. But. At the same time, that game has a very slim audience compared to a game like Mass Effect. True. Also, the story in that game is good for what it is, but it's it's a retelling of Alien in some ways. It adds some of the worker stuff, that's fine, but uh, they can't tell the story because a lot of it's through the computer and you're so afraid the whole time that you can't fucking look at the, the lore because you're afraid you're going to get killed by the alien who's about to come around the corner. So yeah i don't know i I like mass effect more than that game
1: more than alien isolation yeah Mm, interesting yeah i mean I think sometimes i have a a habit of keying in on just the best parts of alien isolation and not like the parts where it drags or like it's just too long um Mass mass effect has a lot of depth to it you're right yeah
0: there's like seven great hours in absolutely top tier hours in alien isolation and then they keep keeps going for like another seven hours. Is
2: oh I was gonna say like I just assumed that's how long that game was as someone that really no. likes alien isolation, but <laughs> it's
0: like it's like thirteen to fifteen hours long ish. It's more than that. And I think like, it's like
1: I think you could call that a solid twenty hour game potentially. Like Yeah,
0: it's... and there's a lot where you're just fighting those fucking robot dudes that sucks and the alien goes away. So how
1: about um, how about like Final Fantasy 6 I see is highlighted or or Star Wars Tie Fighter like these are kind of different type games but still like high in the the video game canon.
0: Yeah, I think I think Mass Effect goes above Star Wars Tie Fighter. I don't know if it goes above Tecmo Super well, just in terms of like all-time appeal and just pick up and playability. Uh, tough tough comparison drink everybody but um they're yeah. different
1: they're different yeah, these video yeah. games are different
2: we have a string of very different video games between the last of us and uh star wars metroid marvel versus capcom and tecmo yeah. super bowl like how do you compare and it? Ju-
0: <laughs> just from a from a list perspective i think that we tend to ju- bunch like games together because we're like oh this game's slightly like better than this game or like similar generations and i think it'd be great if we put this at number 29 just to break that up.
1: I was I was thinking that too. I w- I would be okay with a 29 type ranking cuz I think yeah, you you you've swung me on the alien isolation argument here and like the you know I like I know we like try to temper the the impact side of video games sometimes but the impact of mass effect is is pretty significant. Yeah. yeah. What what it launched. I
0: will say also, like, if you look further down from Alien Isolation, I think this is definitely still a better game than Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 is, like, great if you want to dick around, but the story absolutely blows. Um, uh, Assassin's Creed 4 is kind of aged. It feels way more aged than this game does. Um, And also the story in that game is a fucking mess. So I I think 29 is a really good spot. Like, I really like TIE Fighter. Um, I really like its story, but it's again super nichey. You're not gonna pick it up and play it all the time. And this game, I feel like I got to play it the second time, and I was like, yes, never wanted to put it down. Tie Fighter, I wanted to put down, so I could see this going at 29. If you guys are on board with that,
2: works for me.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on board with that. You guys have you won me over into into the top 30 here.
0: Dope, dope. We have a new number 29 on the endless list of video games. It is Mass Effect, the game from Bioware. Congratulations, our first Bioware game on the endless list. There will be more. And yes, we'll be back next week with the long awaited episode where we finally talk about uh, the game Suikoden, which we were supposed to talk about this week but we didn't get to. Um, So, but I do wanna thank you, uh, Steve, thank you.
1: Thank you guys, it's been a pleasure.
0: And thank you, Sam.
2: Pleasure as always. We
0: will be back next week.